The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is no substitute for professional care by your doctor or your qualified healthcare professional. Never disregard or delay professional medical advice because of something you've heard on this podcast or in any linked material. Guests who speak on this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions. Dr. Shirley neither endorses nor opposes any particular opinion discussed on this podcast. The views expressed on this podcast have no relation to those of any academic, hospital, practice, institution, or other entity with which Dr. Shirley may be affiliated. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty. This podcast is curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD, as the definitive source of holistic wellness through beauty. Welcome to Forever Fab, the podcast dedicated to fashion, the art of living well, and all things beauty. I'm your host, Dr. Shirley Madare, your purveyor of this definitive source of living a beautiful life. This week's episode is dedicated to inner strength. And today's topic is, face it, what you eat affects how you look. This is my interview with Paula Simpson. Paula Simpson is a globally recognized nutritionist and product development expert. She has dedicated time and research to educating the wellness and cosmetics industries as to the importance of nutrition for national natural beauty and healthy aging. Again, beauty from the inside out. Paula is a highly sought-after speaker and a media darling. She's appeared in outlets such as Entertainment Tonight, Access Hollywood, Good Morning America, Telemundo, MSNBC, Fox News, and ABC, amongst many others. She's also been featured in Allure, In Style, Pop Sugar, Refinery29, and more. And she recently published her own book called Good Bacteria for Healthy Skin, Nurturing Your Skin Microbiome with Pre- and Probiotics for Clear and Luminous Skin. And we'll dive deep into that a little bit later into this podcast. Welcome, Paula. And thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and for joining us on this podcast via Zoom. How are you? Thank you for having me. So we met many years ago. Do you remember how we met? You emailed me about an article I wrote in Medical Aesthetics Magazine, I think. Yes, I did. That was pretty bold. And of course, I showered compliments on you. And I was like, yes, you get it. Great minds think alike. Let's get together. And that's how the love affair began. Exactly. And that was about 10, 10 plus years ago, I think. I know. And for a 19-year-old, I wasn't so bad, right? <laughs> and you were 18. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so let's dive into this podcast. I'm sure our listeners want to hear all about you and your book and all the things that you recommend. How did you arrive at nutrition and self-care? What was your journey? Why wellness? Why nutrition? Uh, you know, I was... I was always interested in um, natural health. Um, my grandmother would take me to the health food stores and, you know, she was um, learning about nutrition through her, her healthcare practitioner. And I just remember being a little girl and, and following her around in these stores and looking, you know, at the different foods and supplements. And, you know, so it was always a part of my life. Um, and then as a competitive um, athlete in, in my teens, uh, you know, I became somewhat 
preoccupied with um, aesthetics and and fad dieting, and yeah. you know realized you know eventually um, it you know I was in charge of my own personal health, and so I you know have again always interested in, in health and active li- active living, but I decided to study nutrition because you know if anyone's going to take care of themselves the best, it's it's you, and so that's what I went to school for. Fantastic. Now, what competitive sport did you play? Um, I was a, um, a fitness professional. So I, um, in Toronto, um, I was a fitness instructor, a trainer. So it was always, you know, around um, in my late teens. But yeah. earlier on, I was in dance. So, you know, there was always something in, in body awareness yes. or aesthetics or, you know, um, being preoccupied or orthorexic to the foods you can or cannot consume. Um, so, you know, at a young age, and, and I mean, you still see it, it's just a part of society, really. Um, you know, you're, you're being brought up to believe that you have to uh, eat a certain way yes. or look a certain way. And um, that kind of mentality or behavior, because I'm a bit OCD, wasn't good for me. <laughs> so <laughs> Only the so best I, for you, Paula. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I thought, okay, well, how am I going to fix this? Well, who better to fix it than if I understand exactly what nutrition does for you, for your health, for, for your inner and, and outer being. Um, and that's, that's how it started. Great story. And I'm so glad that you did that. That whole being obsessed about what to eat and how to eat. I think it's even more pervasive now. I have my moments where I think, oh my gosh, what can I eat? What should I eat? It's pretty intense. Yeah. It, it, and there's a lot of information overload, especially with nutrition and nutritional science. Yes. There's bad diets and quick fixes out there. Um, and consumer or, or people in general are really becoming confused on, on what is healthy and balanced. Yeah. So speaking of um, nutritional science, you studied nutrition and you are obsessed with aesthetics and looking great and feeling fabulous. Let's dive in a little bit more now into what you did with this degree. So what are nutraceuticals and, and why should we even bother to incorporate them into our beauty routines? Well, nutraceuticals are, are, are otherwise known as dietary supplements, um, and they're really concentrated formulations or, or products to kind of super dose the body with um, certain nutrients um, to uh, enhance or, or bring out a desired health effect. So, you know, there's so many different claims or health benefits uh, of different nutraceuticals and, and products, but my specialty really it started actually in sports nutrition, went into um, weight management and then into mm. medical aesthetics. So yeah. again, there's always been some kind of aesthetic background or benchmark there. But um, so my focus in, with nutraceuticals and formulating is um, to bring out the best beauty from within. So to nourish and nurture the, the skin, uh, fortify uh, skin, hair, nails, um, body contouring, slimming, um, and, and things like that. All sound great to me. Now, would you would you consider that category as cosmeceuticals to differentiate them from nutraceuticals? Yeah, they're te- technically known, um, you know, over the last fifteen years or so as nutracosmetics. So Nutri- that's kind of the global the global name. Um, so nutritional cosmetics is what they're known as. And do these nutritional cosmetics then f- therefore include prebiotics and probiotics? Yeah, more recently, um, I wouldn't say so, you know, 10 years ago, we were right. talking about antioxidants, which right. is, you know, 
when we met, we were talking about, you know, all the great uh, primary antioxidants in the body to combat oxidative stress. Well, we've really come a long way in those 10 years that we've known each other, um, you know, <laughs> from antioxidants to collagen. And now it's really talking about the skin microbiome. And so pre and probiotics that help to kind of um, breed and flourish a healthy skin ecosystem through the, um, the gut and skin microflora. Well, it's really very interesting because Back when we met, the whole theory on aging was, you know, oxidative stress and free radical damage. And now I think people are getting a little bit further away from that. And they're thinking, yes, there's oxidative stress. And yes, there's free radical damage. But it's really more so cumulative damage from a number of things, oxidative stress, the pollution, um, you know, the things you eat and you don't eat, etc. So now there's this more global theory on aging, which I think is appropriate, because I think that that's really how it happens. Absolutely. I, I, I agree 100%. It's, it's cumulative and it's whole, it's integrated. So it's not just about, you know, what you're consuming, it's what you're exposing your body to, through your lifestyle, through the environment, um, through through the, uh, the foods you consume. It, it is a holistic perspective and how you take care of yourself. And I think, you know, back in the day, 10 years ago, yeah, we were only talking one stream and that was right. antioxidants, right? So, but there's so much more that you really can uh, accumulate and accelerate the aging process. You've worked with so many clients and companies to try to teach them to better understand, or even if they do understand it, at least to incorporate these theories on aging and this holistic approach that you speak of into their products and into their services. Now, do you find that the individual clients on, are focused on things that are different from what perhaps the consumers may focus on? How is that? How has that relationship been? Yeah, that's really interesting. I do find that um, in some cases, you know, the, there's the, the business um, objective and goal and, yeah. and they, you know, they, they see something, a brand or, or a formulation that's going to be so amazing that they believe yeah. is going to be a hit, right? right. Um, consumer just doesn't understand. So um, because I work B2B and B2C, yeah. uh, both business and, and consumers or client, uh, both clients of mine, I, I try to bridge that messaging together. So, um, you know, I see what the consumer uh, is getting excited about and what they're really resonating to. Right. Um, and, and I try to bridge that with the, the businesses that I work with. Yeah, I think you've done a fantastic job. Have there been any clients or companies or ingredients that have been your favorite in the past to work with or currently? Um, well, I mean, I'm a research bug. I mean, I love yes. to, you know, <laughs> see what the latest and greatest is in nutritional science and nutrient cosmetics and, and medical aesthetics, any of that, um, dermatology. So I tend to get excited about, you know, you know, the greatest studies done. Yeah. Lately. <laughs> You're nerds. a nerd, Paula. I love it. I love your I brain. I am, I am a nerd. I admit it. Um, <laughs> and I'm proud to be one. Right. Um, <laughs> so am I. I love it. So I um, I tend to get excited excited at the science and um, I watch that kind of track through um, and until it gets to the to the to the consumer and a lot of the times that messaging um, you know the scientist who's so brilliant and and understands you know gets so excited about what they've been studying for the last few years really can't relay that to the consumer yeah. um, or that language or messaging to them so um, I, I track things and then you know I try and you know, bring it to the consumer in a nice, right. friendly way. But I wouldn't say there's anything in particular. Um, I think there's a bit of an overhaul of um, and an uh, overgeneralization a lot of the times, yes. especially now. I mean, 10 years ago, we didn't hear much about Nutri Cosmetics in North America. Right. 
which you and I had many conversations about um, over the last three years, there's just been kind of an overflow of beauty or neutral cosmetics, beauty supplements yeah. to the point where it's just overgeneralized. Yeah. Right. Um, and so you're starting to see a lot of marketing mix or kitchen sink formulations yes. in some sense that really are just there to be on the, the trend, yeah. the trend, just you know, to be there, just to be there. So the ones that really go through the, the research, the quality, the validity, validity, um, of developing a product and um they're, they're the ones that are gonna are here to stay right. um so there, there's a bit of a, an influx in, in um, a real dilution of nutri cosmetics right now yeah. but i would say you know collagen is definitely one that has been opened the doors um for consumer awareness yes. uh, why because you see benefits uh you know in hair and nails more quickly in skin yes. um we we're talking about antioxidants 10 years ago it, you know you weren't seeing the benefits as quickly so right. there needs to be something visible there um and so when you're trying to teach someone when they're ingesting something through diet or supplementation yeah eventually they're going to want to see a benefit and you know unlike topical skincare it takes a little bit of time so there's a lot of education and 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 talking about beauty nutrition and nutri cosmetics over um, topical skincare right. we're getting it it's getting better it's just um, there, there's a real, there's a, there's a lot of noise out there right now. Very true. It's so overwhelming to go to any beauty counter or any department store beauty uh, section or Sephora, where Ulta, it doesn't matter. And it is absolutely overwhelming at the rows and rows and aisles and aisles and shelves and shelves of product. Exactly. Of product. Yeah. So, you love research. You're a research bug. Would you say that this is one of the ways that you help the beauty industry to innovate? Like, how does the beauty industry innovate? And like, where where do the the new products come from? I, you know, it really depends with the client or the company that you're working with. I mean, there's a lot of um, marketing and innovation firms out there that you know spend months and and you know, tons of money on just yeah. looking at consumer market analytics and trends and, you know, demographics. And, you know, they'll, they'll spend tons of, of investment in time and, and funds just to um, prepare a product to go to market for, yeah. for clients, which is, you know, um, really crazy in, in some ways, right? The, yeah. all, so especially if it doesn't uh, work out for them. But, right. in, you know, there's just, it really depends on the company that you're working with, the client, um, I really try and go in and, and work at, on an advisory and more collaborative uh, level, you know, look at the culture of the brand, the company, yeah. um, who's their target consumer, what are they trying to achieve, where are they getting their innovation and ideas from, right. you know, and, and what is realistic and potentially what is not re uh, uh, realistic for them. And, and I try and steer them along or coach them along to, to build out a, a really great brand. That's true. And I think you've done a fantastic job. There seemed to be a, really a, a new beauty ingredient every month. Every time I pick up a magazine, there's a new beauty ingredient. I just read about one that's a more sensitive retinol alternative. And I just like to know who finds these ingredients and are they always <laughs> sustainably sourced? And, and as a consumer, how do we know which one to pay attention to? Do you have a strategy for helping us through that? Um, I always look for transparency. So where is their amazing magic bullet ingredient coming from? Where was it found? How is it researched? You know, so I, for me, I always look back to the science. That's my first go-to. Yes. Um, 
you know, how long has it been studied? You know, has there been human clinical trials? Um, you know, safety, efficacy, quality control, sustainability. Um, I think companies now are becoming more transparent yeah. due to consumer demand. You know, they're looking for, I don't know if you've seen that, um, the documentary Toxic Beauty. Um, no, very, I've heard of it. I'm going to put it on my list, though. Yeah, it's uh, quite an eye opener and really, you know, looks at the consumer. Uh, you know, we're becoming more educated. We have information at our fingertips, right? Information yeah. overload. Um, but it's causing brands to become more transparent and really, you know, disclose what's behind the label. It's not just the key ingredient anymore. It's like, well, what was what preservative or chemical uh, was added to the formulation to give it shelf life and stability yeah. or um, does it really need to be there? And we've heard about greenwashing. So, you know, right. companies that, uh, you know, apparently are clean brands, health and beauty brands, but are really just, you know, putting it under the, the rug, really not clean, right? right. In the exactly. Sense doing it for, for health. So um, the, the, the transparency of a company is really intriguing to me because, you know, I, I have worked with um, some companies who have the highest standards and will not uh, choose certain ingredients um, based on those standards of, yeah. of for clean health and beauty. Yeah. And I'm sure they can be more challenging to work with as clients right. <laughs> <laughs> looking for the perfect everything for them. Right. But the end product, there's so much more, um, pride in, in delivering such a product, right? So you have companies that have ethics and, and uh, of that standard, and then you have companies that maybe don't care as much. Not so much. Exactly. And then you have companies who really want to go back to kind of the ground roots, um, a holistic, uh, natural, um, you know, where where have we come from? You know, we've lived off the land, you right. know, and really <laughs> just taking it back to the basics. So there are so many different uh, variations and, and companies out there. So I think it really depends on the demographic of what where the brand or, or company is focusing on. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And one of the aspects of demanding more transparency by the consumer that I really appreciate is that now if you go to any product's website, you'll see a list of ingredients. And 10 years ago, you were not able to do that. Those ingredients were not listed in terms of what they do. Now, not only do you get the list of ingredients on their websites, but also you get what they're supposed to do and where they're sourced from. So I am really grateful about that. And I have a segment of this podcast called 15 Minutes of Fab. <laughs> and that's where I review products and services. But when I do review the products, I give it a score, right, of one to five. And in that score, I take into account whether or not it was sustainably sourced, whether or not it was a clean formulation, whether or not there's transparency on the website and do we know where the stuff is coming from. So I agree with you. I think that transparency is really key and it helps me to determine whether or not a brand is sort of formulated with some sort of integrity, right? Exactly. Paula, you've had so much experience with ingredients overall and you have access to a tremendous amount of research. Let's take a peek into your beauty cabinet and let me ask you, what are some of your favorite oral supplements and or topical creams, lotions, and potions? Let me have it. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I, I think there's really a, maybe a tri-factor uh, component here. You know, you have your antioxidants, which we know are important to combat oxidative stress. Yes. Um, some of the most promising ones or the ones I like are um, the carotenoids. Astaxanthin is, is a big one I like. Um, so this really helps to combat this, the oxidative stress in the body, which is important for, you know, pro promoting healthy skin. Yes. Um, then you have the fortifying ingredients. So, you know, the collagen, uh, biotin, 
um, silica, for example, just to kind of bring out uh, strength in, in hair, nails, and uh, protect skin collagen. Um, so I think that's important. Um, if I do take collagen peptides, I tend to choose marine um, over bovine. And um, there's also, you know, vegan or, or plant-based formulations too that help to promote um, and boost your natural collagen production. And then, um, so we have antioxidants, we have fortifying ingredients, and then there's the whole um, gut health, skin health connection, yes, right? Yes. And, and probiotics, um, which really help to flourish a healthy gut microflora, which helps to um, balance and maintain skin health. And, you know, that's really what my book's about. So um, I'm quite excited about that. But the funny thing is, is I've been taking, you know, pre and probiotics either through diet or um, supplementation for, for years, because it's really, you know, it's always been a nutritionist. Um, we're, we're taught in nutrition school, you know, it starts with digestion and gut. So if, if your gut is working well and healthy, then, you know, the rest of the body is as well. I agree with you 100%. I love that. This is Paula's beauty trifecta. That is brilliant. And yes, I, I agree with you 100% that the gut is, like you said, the gateway to beautiful health and also beauty, beautiful skin, hair, and nails. So you wrote a book about this, and um, it is a fantastic book, and I recommend it to everyone who wants to, frankly, better understand how they work, how who they are inside and out. So please pick up Paula's book. Paula, in your book, you provide thorough information on the microbiome. So let's explain what the microbiome is and why it's important to pay attention to the science of microbiome anyway. Yeah, I mean, when I was first asked to write a book on um, the title is called Good Bacteria for Healthy Skin, I, w I was really confused just by the even by the title alone or the concept, yeah. right? Because we've always been taught, you know, that germs are bad or, right. you know, they're bad. And, and yes, we do. There are uh, pathogenic uh, germs and, and pathog pathogens that are harmful to us. We know that. But I really wanted to shift the thought and, and you know, help people maybe rethink how they're taking care of their bodies and their skin um, and that there actually are healthy bacteria or these good microbes that are um, living dynamic. Um, and their whole goal is to um, protect your skin from the outside environment, um, the pollutants, the, the UV rays, the, the chemicals that you apply to your skin through yeah. cream and personal care. So these, this dynamic living ecosystem is 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 living on your skin which is a really freaky thing to talk about and, and even writing it and doing the research on it i mean there's a part of me that was fascinated and a part of me that was like ew you know it's kind <laughs> of weird right so um but it i mean the the, the these healthy good bacteria are so critical um, to, um, you know, keep your skin balanced yeah. and, you know, um, improve barrier function and protect it from the environment. And so the, the concept really uh, of these little microorganisms or microbes is that the target is to keep the good ones there. Yes. And resident good bacteria, um, the more you have of them, the healthier your skin or, or the stronger your skin immunity can be right. against harmful pathogens or invaders that can damage skin. And because we, we really have become uh, urbanized, um, you know, over hygienic in, in yes. certain ways, um, 
uh, obsessed with, with, uh, products, right. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. we started with maybe, you know, uh, cleanse, uh, tone, moisturize. Now there's like 10 steps, right? Right. right. Um, so, you know, what we're exposing our skin to and these little microbes, um, these good microbes, these good bacteria, um, it's breaking down the health and balance of the, of the skin. And um, so it's affecting skin immunity. It's, it's increasing chronic skin conditions, yes. um, adult acne, uh, psoriasis, eczema, uh, dandruff, a um, lot of clinically validated studies showing that an imbalanced microbiome, skin microbiome, or uh, a dysbiosis of, of these microbes, um, you know, increases the incidence of these conditions. So it's a really fascinating area of science that's quickly evolving. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, I really thought that, you know, to help people kind of rethink and maybe look at how they're caring for their skin a little bit differently, I, I really wanted to write this book for that reason. Yeah, and I'm really happy that you did after reading it. I thought, wow, this is really well needed and it's so important and the way that you approach the topic and the way that you've written the book it really is quintessential and that that everyone read it because everyone would be able to understand it and really incorporate some of those concepts that you write about so thank you and i do agree with you that we're overdoing it and and i am a beauty addict i mean verified <laughs> But I definitely think that we are overdoing it. It's got, it's ser- it has served me that concept of overdoing it and balancing and harmonizing the skin microbiome because I sometimes see patients who come in with all sorts of skin irritations. And, and I'm not a dermatologist, but as a plastic surgeon, obviously my needle or my knife responds better to healthy skin. So when I see patients preparing for surgery and I'm looking at inflamed or irritated skin, I actually have told them to cut back on some of the overstripping, overdrying, overmoisturizing, overtreating products that they're applying to their faces just to be able to allow the skin to rest and perhaps repopulate or restore that natural balance. So I agree with you that sometimes, and maybe I hate to say this, sometimes less is more. <laughs> Only when it comes to the microbiome, okay, and skincare products, not jewelry. <laughs> Paula, again, regarding... Um, your book, you talk about the gut and you talk about the gut being the gateway to skin health, but do the gut and the skin have different microbiomes? And if so, now, is this something else we're going to have to, you know, have more products for or look at and treat differently, the gut microbiome versus the skin microbiome? How do we we wrap our heads around that? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the gut, um, the gut microbiome, is really influenced by what we consume, obviously, right? Through diet, supplementation. Um, and, you know, if we have a toxic diet, I think yeah. that's probably the easiest way to put it. Yeah. Uh, those healthy uh, gut bacteria can't um, survive, right? They're, right. they're and, and these these good bacteria, like I was talking with the skin, if they can't survive, then the gut is more um, vulnerable to harmful and, and pathogenic. Uh, bacteria. So um, when the gut microflora, the gut microbiome is is balanced and and thriving and and healthy, um, then, you know, it has the ability to communicate with the skin through um, immune receptors. So there's like a strong intercommunicative network between the gut and the skin. Um, You know, when when the gut microflora is healthy, then it can do its job and support the skin 
um, the skin uh, structure, function, and, and microbiome. So that there's there's a communication um, network between the two. So um, I think that's probably the easiest, simplest way to put it. Yeah. I mean, it's much more complex. Yes, than no that. kidding. Well done. Um, I do spend a, um, a chapter in my book just going through that. But specifically, certain foods have been shown to stimulate um, good bacteria or gut microflora. And those are, you know, typical to the Mediterranean diet. Yes. So, um, you know, high fiber, uh, plant-based foods, less animal uh, protein, for example. Um, what one one of the thing that surprised me was um, artificial sweeteners were actually very harmful to gut yes. microbiome and gut microbiome. So, um, really, again, simplifying, just like talking with the skincare, going back to kind of a whole clean-based um, diet yeah. um, that that focuses mainly on, on Mediterranean type foods um, has been shown clinically validated to um, support healthy gut microbiome and indirectly support skin health. Um, these, a lot of these foods are key, have the healthy oils and whatnot that are key for um, healthy skin as well. So um, it's all interconnected. I mean, yes. everything is integrated. It's not just one or the other. I mean, we've been, we've for years, we've been told, you know, treat topically where really the roots come from within, right? The yes. roots of, of how well you're nourished and how you're, you're going to look on the outside. That's right. It, it's rooted from within and it really starts with the gut. Well, obviously you are taking your own advice because your skin is flawless. <laughs> and I don't, thank you. And I don't know about you, but for me to start on this, you know, Mediterranean diet thing, that would involve a trip to the Mediterranean so I could really, you know, like dig deep and figure yes. out how they eat. <laughs> Paula, in addition to this book, you know, Good Bacteria for a Healthy Skin that you've written, and it is, it's very well done. Congratulations. But you are so, and I should say, there's no but, and you are so accomplished. You've done so much in your life for yourself, for the beauty consumer, for companies, for your family. Let's get a little bit personal. And based on all of your accomplishments, what would you say is your greatest accomplishment that you are most proud of to date? Because believe me, I know there's more coming from you. Wow, that is a hard question. <laughs> all the research, all the science, cake. <laughs> but your greatest accomplishment, that's a hard one for you. You have so many. Oh, my goodness. You know, my greatest, well, I mean, obviously, having Sierra has been an amazing uh, accomplishment. You know, yes. your family is always first. But honestly, learning how to chill out and not take life uh, so seriously. Yeah. I think that has been the hardest lesson for me. Um, I, I tend to be an over overachiever, overthinker. Um, and really taking uh, a bit of my own medicine and then, yeah. you know, what I've been talking about to people and, and just bringing it into my lifestyle. And, yeah. you know, it's okay to, to chill out once in a while, yeah. work life balance yeah. or, you know, um, just, just not be so high strung and, right. and uh, you know, trying to achieve it all at once. So um, I think that's been my biggest achievement. <laughs> Good for but, you. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I, I really, uh, I've always been um, a writer and yes. writing articles and, and, and whatnot. So the book really does hit close to home for me because, you know, it's something that I spent over a year uh, researching and looking at um, clinical uh, data uh, and really trying to merge it and bring it into a consumer friendly uh, book that people can use and, and utilize for themselves. So I think that's probably been my, my biggest. Yeah. Good for you. Congrats again. And how do you teach 
um, your child about what to eat. That must be so tough. <laughs> yeah, and being a girl as yes, well. Yes, and being a girl. So that, let's let's actually make that a two-pronged question since she is a lovely, beautiful young lady. A, what do you teach her about how to eat? And B, what do you teach her about beauty? Yeah. Ay, 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 right? Yeah, it's um, we're, we really have a close relationship, which helps, yes. right? So she listens to mom in, in the sense that, you know, she'll listen to my advice, uh, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> been through those teenage years but um i i've never been uh i've tried not to impose kind of orthorexic behaviors around food with her you know so with kids you know they often go on food jags or you know yeah. obsessions with certain foods for times and periods but um i was never really too restrictive with her in the sense if she wanted something i'd let her have it but um always encouraging her to eat the healthier options of course you of know course. made those healthier options available to her so she luckily for us she was a very good eater she loved you know the veg vegetables and fruits and and all these healthy foods it wasn't a big sugar um kid which was great so i got really lucky with that with um skincare I think it was just, you know, having fun with her, you know, doing like, um, from when she was little doing like, you know, skincare routines together and, yeah. you know, uh, face masks and yeah. like looking at, you know, now I take her into the beauty, like the Sephora's of the world. And we look at labels, we look at ingredients. Wow. I took her to the the documentary, the toxic beauty one and, you know, really eye, eye opener, um, for her. And so now she's looking at like environmental working, um, database and all those wow. different databases to see, you know, what ingredients are in her products that she's been using. Yeah. So, you know, I think just teaching and educating and, and that way has probably been our best, um, way that I've, uh, helped her. Yeah. That's impressive. I actually didn't start looking at ingredients until, I'm, I'm sure at least 10 years ago, well into my adulthood, but she's got quite the head start. That's fantastic. And I, I do agree. I think education is probably the most important, um, I guess, tool that you can arm someone with, especially a young woman. Yes, I, I agree. Okay, awesome. And the last two questions, one of them is called the fast five. So I'm just going to give you two options and right off the top of your head, don't even think about it, just choose one. And then my last question will be the fab five. So let's do the fast five first. So the first one, water or green tea, Paula? Green tea. <laughs> Moisturizer or sunscreen? <laughs> oh, you're not supposed to think about it. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, oh, no. Moisturizer. Okay, good. Prebiotic or probiotic? <laughs> Prebiotic. Pre? Yeah. Got it. Pill or powder? Pill. And the last one, super greens or superpowers? <laughs> super greens. What? I was superpowers all over that one. I was like, oh, yeah, give me the superpowers because then I could just snap my fingers and get the super greens. <laughs> Good answers, Paula. Those were fun. Now, the last one is called the Fab Five. All right. So what are your top five recommendations for living a holistically beautiful and fabulous life? I'll write them down. Set 
five minutes a day, if that's all you have, an hour is even better to yourself. Self-care is, is so important um, to kind of de-stress and, and focus and, and get through your day. You're more productive, you're happier, you're breathing, um, all, and you know this is all going to show in, in how you look and feel. So um, take time for yourself. Got it. Uh, green tea, yes. The more, the better. One cup, two cups. Um, you know, two to five cups. Um, you know, it just the research on um, gut microbiome, um, antioxidants for skin health. Um, it just keeps going. Green tea for sure. Okay. Um, so now it's two. Yes. Um, Number three. Smoothies, smoothies, and juices. I love them. Um, I dump everything into a smoothie in the morning. <laughs> so all your pills go into the smoothie. <laughs> yeah. I got my greens, my, my berries, which are good for, you know, um, cognition and skin health and yes. the gut and all these things. I just dump it all in there. My collagen peptides, yeah. um, my prebiotics, um, you know, Greek yogurt, it's, it's all there. So I start my day off with, with everything in my smoothie. I love it. And then just, I feel good for the rest of the day. Got so, it. um, so smoothies, um, juicing, I love to juice, but I like to do it in between meals. Okay. So um, juicing two to three times a week and use it as an afternoon pick-me-up instead of the coffee, grab a fresh juice. Um, you're concentrating the body with nutrients, bringing the, the body and mind back to life. Got it. Um, so how many is that? Four. Four. You have one more. Um, exercise, active ah. living. And active living in the sense that not just going to the gym or going to do a yoga class, which we all love, you know, so important, um, but getting outdoors. And I talk about that in my book too, is getting reconnected yes. back with nature um, and, and getting into some green spaces versus gray spaces. And, uh, you know, that's so important, not only for your, your health and, and your skin microbiome, which we found, but your mind, um, breathing in that oxygen and fresh air and, and resetting yourself. I love that. Gray spaces. We have a lot of gray space in New York City. I'm sure you're, you're very well aware of that. All the times you have to come in for meetings or, you know, uh, book parties and launches and everything. You've seen the gray spaces here in, in New York City, right? Yes, but you have that one big green space. Yeah, we do have a Well, we have a lot of uh, little green spaces, but you're right. We should take advantage. And I live near that big green space, and I don't get to it that often. Shameful. Yeah. <laughs> Paula, you've been amazing. And audience, dear audience, you've been listening to my tete-a-tete -tete with Paula Simpson on beauty, wellness, nutrition, and her latest book. Please learn more about yourself by reading Paula's latest book about the microbiome and purchase her book. You can get it on Amazon. That's where uh, I get a lot of my books. And the book is called Good Bacteria for Healthy Skin, Nurturing Your Skin Microbiome with Pre- and Probiotics for Clear and Luminous Skin. And clearly, clear and luminous skin is definitely an aspect of living a fabulous life. So thank you, Paula. Thank you, audience. I really appreciate your time and doing this by Zoom from Canada. All the best to you. I'll see you soon. See you soon. And as always, audience, stay fabulous inside and out. Thank you for listening to this week's Forever Fab podcast. Ciao. Or shall I say au revoir en français? <laughs> Bye, Paula. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Forever Fab, the podcast on fashion, the art of living, and all things beauty, curated by Dr. Shirley Madir, MD. Live beautifully and help make the world a more beautiful place.